Hallelujah. We thank you for your presence, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for your anointing in this place, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for the fire of your spirit, Lord Jesus, moving in the hearts and lives of your people, Lord God. Hallelujah. We glorify your holy name. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. You appreciate this worship team? Give them a hand clap. Amen. Ain't God good? Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to thank each and every one of you for being here today. I don't believe you're here by coincidence. I believe you're here by divine appointment. God has a plan, and thank God we're in it. Amen? Hallelujah. How many of you are excited about fasting? All three of you. Wow. All right. Well, just let me tell you this. God has big plans on what he's going to do. And just let me let you all in on a little bit of, of stuff that's been going on um, since we began the fast. I've talked with a few people and one, one man who was diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver went to the doctor and and has no cirrhosis of the liver. So, another one I talked to, uh, they've been raises. Um, they got a raise. Mm, they had favor in some other areas that uh, they wasn't expecting favor. And uh, God's working. So here's the thing, we've got to allow God to do the work that he's wanting to do in us. Um, in order for us to be who God wants us to be, we've got to understand that there's things in our lives that has to be altered. If we're not seeing, if you're not praying, somebody says, well, I don't believe I have to do that. Well, how's life been going for you? How's the prayers that you've been praying? If you're not getting answers to the prayers that you're praying, it's not no problem on his end. It's on our end. And when we find ourselves getting in alignment with him, we'll find that we'll begin to see the things that, that he wants to do in and through our lives. I want to uh, mention, too, that we'll be fasting all this week. This week's going to be a special time of fasting uh, getting prepared for our revival. Church will be open starting in the morning at 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. each day to where if you want to come by and get in the sanctuary and pray, you'll be able to do that. Uh, I think it's important that we pray. Um, I think it's important that we spend time in the presence of God. Uh, when we are called to uh any type of ministry, we need to understand God never calls you to something that you can do. He calls you to something that's beyond you, to where you have to rely on Him to do it through 
so he can do it through you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I want to, I started last week on uh, ministering and preaching on building the house. And I want to continue with that because uh, we didn't get off the foundation. <laughs> we just got the foundation laid last week. And one of the things that I, I spoke to you last week about and told you that in order for us to, the foundation to be laid, there has to be earth moved. In other words, we have to get out of the way. We have to allow God to, God, we have to build upon Him unless the foundation is laid. You know, we go into, everybody loves a new house, but very few people that goes and are looking for a new house, uh, they look at the cabinets, they look at the uh, trim work, they look at all these things, but very seldom do they pay attention to the foundation. And the foundation, if the foundation is no good, the house will not be any good. It'll, it'll falter, it'll fail. But um, I want to speak to you on building the house, and I want to get into the structure of the house today. Um, if you got your Bibles, I'm going to just read one verse out of Matthew 16 and verse 18. It says, And I say also unto thee, he's talking to Peter, he said, That thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Man, this is, Jesus was asking his disciples, who do men say that I am? And some said, some say you're John the Baptist, some say that you're Elijah. But Jesus said, I'm not concerned about what everybody else says, I want to know who do you say that I am? And that's when Peter stepped up and said, You are the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Then he goes into this verse, he says, And upon this rock, upon the revelation of who I am, I will build my church. See, we need a revelation of who Jesus is. Something that we can build upon. And, and when, we, when the foundation is there, we've got to understand. Uh, it's like I talked about last week that, that you can have all the lumber that you want to. And I, and I know that when, as a builder, I would go to a lumber company and I would hand them a, a, a runoff sheet of, of lumber that I needed for the house. And they would begin to pull that lumber and strap it and get it ready and, and take it out to the job site. But the but the Lumber that they brought was not a house until it was put together. Things had to be put together. Things had to be brought out. Things had to be measured. Because certain lumber wouldn't go in certain places. But a lot of times I feel like there's people in the church that, want, that feel like they need to be in a certain place that God hadn't designed them to be. But when they get to the place, it's not any less a person. See, listen, we need intercessors in the church. But intercessors are not always seen out front. And it's important that we have those people in place, in the right place. 
We need some teachers in, in areas. So when these, all this material was brought to the job site, it had to be cut, it had to be measured and cut and put in place. Now listen, a lot of times we don't see the importance of connection. But if you begin to build a house, you begin to see the importance of connection because when you begin to stand those two-by-fours up and you begin to put them in place, How close they are together is going to determine the strength of the house. That's the reason it's important that the church becomes very close to one another. I need you. You need me. We're here to anchor one another, to hold one another. And when you get that, when you get that two before or whatever it is in place, and a lot of times we want to, uh, you know, you put the ceiling joist up. Now, you can't just put ceiling joists anywhere. You've got, you got to put them in the right place. And a lot of times you, got to, you don't space them too far out. Because why? Because your ceiling's going to sag if you don't. You've got to have it in the right place. Also, in order for things to be there, in order for this house to have power, things have to be altered. In other words, boards that are put up there, good boards that are put there, got to have holes bored through them. They got to allow some things to be changed in their life. We've got to allow things to be, if we want power, see, you can have, there's nothing worse to me than going to a receptacle in a room, plugging in, and there's no power. Now, it looks good. It looks like a legitimate outlet. But when you plug into it and it don't work, it's frustrating. How do you think people feel when they come into a church? Everything looks good, but when they try to plug into it, there's no power. There needs to be a connection, and sometimes the reason the power is not there is because we will not allow our lives to be altered in order for God to get the power there to us. Because, in, and that's what fasting does. Fasting allows our lives to be altered in the way that God can bring a source of power to us. See, it doesn't matter how good we look. It doesn't matter how, what we say. If we don't have the power of Jesus Christ in our lives, it doesn't matter. See, what, when people come in here, they should come into an atmosphere to where the power and the presence of God is operating. To where when they plug in, something changes in their life, where they're not the same as they've always been, where things happen when we pray, things actually happen in people's lives. Why? Because it's important that we have those things in our life to where we can bring about and be who God has designed us to be, to see change come in our lives. The importance of the connection, see, because each step, each phase, you have to do these things. And here's the thing. A lot of times we want to put, we want to get everything together. We want to be all together, and then we want the power. Hmm? But there's nothing more frustrating. Now, listen, I, I can tell you, I, I was on a job one time, and I had the whole house hooked up. And there's this one bedroom, had all the power, 
All the circuits run, but no power. It looked good, but I forgot to run the feed from the panel. To the room. You say, what? Listen, it was aggravating. I had to tear things out. Hmm? I had to do things that I didn't want to do. It was, it was hard work. Listen, it's a lot harder work to try to get down the road and try to get the power of God in you than to let Him do it right now. Hmm? I had to go up in the attic. I had to crawl through insulation that I wouldn't have had to done before. But isn't that just amazing the way we do in our lives? A lot of times we, we won't, we'll do things. We want to take shortcuts. And then when it comes to the end, we don't have the power that we thought we, we, we need at the time in our lives that we need it because we haven't allowed God to do the things that he wants to do in our lives. Another thing that when you bring, when, when they begin to, when we begin to do construction and you begin to put the boards in place and you begin to connect, things begin to happen. Things begin to uh, uh, strap. They, they begin to put the straps in. Also, in, uh, when Katrina came through and where we were at, I mean, you remember Hurricane Katrina? When that hurricane came through, we had to put in our slabs when they would build a house they'd have to put five eighths all thread ever four feet apart because the engineers the way the engineers engineered it was that they knew that the house would be stronger if it was anchored to the house better so what they would do is take the all thread and go from the foundation up to the top plate and put a plate on top and screw it down to the foundation, keeping the roof and everything intact and strapping everything. Wouldn't it be amazing if we would do that and get connected to the foundation and be connected to the foundation in such a way that we will not be moved when the storms of life come because it's not a matter of if they come it's a matter of when they come they're going to come you're going to find yourself in a situation in your life to where the wind and, and, the, and, the, uh, and life is going to hit amen just regular things in life are going to come to you diagnosis of things may come to you but how many of you know that when we found it on Christ Jesus that things will happen that God will move and he'll begin to turn and he'll begin to turn the situation around what the enemy thought that he was going to just come and destroy all of a sudden when the dust settles you're still standing why because you're not founded on just sand or anything a lot of people want to they want to build the house they, they don't don't mind building the house but they don't want God to alter things in their lives but I'm here to tell you today that if you don't let God alter the things that you need you'll find yourself out you'll have something nice and pretty but you won't have no power but if we allow God to work those things and we need those things in our life we need, we need power in our life. We need the anointing. We need connection because our connection with one another is going to bring strength. 
You can go through a house and you can see it, you can hit a two before and it'll just vibrate. But you just put something as simple as a piece of sheetrock to it and screw it and connect it. It begins to get strength. It begins to hold together. It begins to tighten up. And it becomes stronger. And you see, we need one another in times of need, in times of trouble. We need to be able to hold on to one another. We need to be able to set up an atmosphere because the Bible says that He's a strong tower that we run in and we are safe. But how many of you know that a lot of times we run in and we run back out the same way that we came in? That's, ne that's never the way it should have been. God never intended for us to come in and leave the same way that we came. He always intended for things to be different. This should be a place to where people could come in, to where they, they believe that God is going to meet them there. How many of you come here today to meet with God? That's the whole purpose that we come together. Not to meet with man, but to meet with God and to know that we're in the presence of an almighty God. And so we build the house by connecting to one another. We're no longer an individual. What I could do by myself, I can never do what I can do when I'm connected to somebody else. Because why? Because I'm stronger. And it's upon the, rock, upon the revelation of who Jesus Christ, when we understand who Jesus Christ really is and connect to him and understand that when he, when, when he comes into our midst, that there's power and there's anointing in our life to destroy the yokes off of people's lives. Because I believe that we're living in a day right now to where there's a lot of demon-possessed people. What are you saying? I'm saying there's no way the things that could be going on right now in this world with the mass shootings and all that. Don't tell me those people don't have a demon. The world won't say, everybody wants to say, you know, they had, they had mental issues. Well, they might have had mental issues, but they had something else going on too. There's something that got them to those mental issues. There's something that got them there. That's the reason that the church needs to understand that we have got to connect. We have got to build the church. It's not about if I fit here or if I fit there or brother so and so. You know, we, our personalities don't matter. We need to put our personalities to the side and we need to stand beside one another and we need to allow God to connect us. You see, a lot of people don't want to be nailed down. But here's the thing. If we become a, a dead to sin and alive to Christ, we'll become a place and be willing to step in the place that he has for us and be used the way that he wants to be used, wants to use us, and we'll allow the Spirit of God to work in and through our lives, and we'll build the house for the atmosphere of the presence of God to manifest in. Because it's not about me, it's not about you. It's about him manifesting his presence now to where somebody can get saved, somebody can get delivered, somebody can get help, somebody can get healed. 
How many of you believe that Jesus still heals? How many of you believe that Jesus still works miracles? See, we all want to see a miracle, but nobody, nobody in here wants to be in a position to have to receive one. But if you are, it might just be that he wants to do what he's wanting to do through you and in you. But we have to allow him to build a house, to place us, to allow the source of power to operate in our lives. It's important for us to connect with one another. I don't know any of you in here that, especially you women, I don't know a man in here that's going to get his wife to move into a house that don't have air conditioning. And I don't know a man in here that can move his wife into a house that has air conditioner when the air conditioner don't work. You can have a brand new air conditioner, but if you ain't got power to it, you ain't going to get that woman to get in that house. I can promise you that. Power is so important. Listen. If I would have called you this morning and told you that there's no power at the church and we wouldn't have air conditioner, this crowd would be a lot smaller. Because we've come to a place to where we like comfort. We like to, we like to be comfortable. So why is it that we, why would we want to come and why would we want to gather in a place to where the power and the presence of God is not? We need to understand that we come together. We don't come together to get goosebumps. We don't come together to feel, feel a little bit of doodads on, my, uh, on the back side of my head or something and hear, feel the back of my hair raise up a little bit. No, we don't come together for that. We come together to meet in the, in the presence of Almighty God to see people's lives change for His glory. To move into the places of promise that he's desired for us to walk in. God never takes, God never shows us something he can't take us to. But it's going to involve us allowing our lives to be altered. Because if I look the same way and act the same way and am the same way this time next year, Nothing's changed. Somebody said, I'm the same. I'm, I'm the same way always. I'm just who I am. I'm, I'm going to be the same always. Well, if you was God, that would be okay. But you're not. We're not. So we should constantly be changing in a little bit more of the likeness of Him and taking on a little bit more of His character. And somebody ought to be able to see a little bit more character of who He is through us. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on, give Him praise. You and I are special people. 
He's called us a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. That we could come together in such a way to see the likeness of Christ operate through our lives. He said, he told Peter, he said, your name shall be Peter and upon this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, the gates of hell will not keep you out. What are you saying? I'm saying that we should be so anointed that we plunder hell to populate heaven. That we... Or have the ability to go in and snatch our loved ones who are drug addicted, who are alcohol addicted, who have sickness and diseases. We should be able to snatch those out. Those that hell have claimed, we can claim for heaven. Amen? Don't get so involved in things in people's lives and, and, and so involved that, that, you, that you write them off. Because we can grow weary with people. You can grow weary with people. And you'll come to the point, if, you're not care, if you, we're not careful, we'll get calloused with people. I pray all the time, God, help me. Please, to never get calloused with people. Because if we're not careful, we'll write them off. And we'll say they've gone too far. We're not able to do anything for them. But when we build the house, we need to understand that we are, we are structuring something up that where they can come in and have, and have redemption. This place is, what does, what does the, the sign say out there right in the foyer? It's a place to start over. You know what that means? That means we got to let them start over. It means we got to have forgiveness. We got to be able to forgive people that's done stuff over and over and over and over and over again. Why? Because we're building the house of God in such a way to where it can manifest His presence. To where His power and His Spirit can move. You say, well, you don't know what I've been through. You're in the right place. He does. He knows what you've been through. He knows what you're going through. He knows, he knows the pains and, and everything. He knows the, the arguments that are going on behind closed doors. He knows the, the chaos that's happening in your life. And He can come down if you'll let Him. And that's the reason it's so important that we allow Him to alter things in our life. So when we call upon Him, and we're not in an atmosphere like we are here, but we can set that atmosphere up in our own lives that when we pray, things begin to happen. When Solomon dedicated the temple, how many of you remember that story? How many of you remember what happened? The Bible says the glory of the Lord fell in that place. Now here's the thing. When, when, when Solomon built the temple, 
that was great. But what did, if you go into Acts, what does the Bible say? In Acts, the, I think it's the 15th chapter. He says, he's talking to James, and James gets up and says, he says, in the last days, I'm going to raise up the tabernacle of David. It wasn't the tabernacle of Moses, which was the first. It wasn't the tabernacle of, of, of Solomon, but the tabernacle of David. Why? Because David's tabernacle was a tabernacle that was unveiled. God's trying to build something that is unveiled. He's trying to, he's trying to reveal himself to his people. And the only way that he, the, the only way that he's going to do that is through his people. It's important for us to have our, allow our lives to be altered in such a way to where we become connected to where the power and the presence of God can reveal himself through us. But when Solomon built the temple and he, he seen how the temple was being built and, and, and he prayed that day, the glory of the Lord came down when they sacrificed and filled the whole place. And Solomon began to pray a prayer and he began to ask the Lord. And he began to go through all these different scenarios about, of sin, that when the people would sin and turn back from him, turn away from him. And I want, I want to read something with you because I, I want to get this, because I, I read this Wednesday night and I want to read it again. Because I want to give everybody in here a chance to repent. You say, repent of what? Sin. You say, well, I hadn't sinned. Mm. Okay. Turn with me to Isaiah. Verse 11. Chapter 1, verse 11. This is something that the Lord laid on my heart about this fast. A lot of times I feel like we go through things through routine and it don't it don't really mean much to us Isaiah 1 verse 11 it says to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me says the Lord I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand? To trample my courts. Bring no more futile sacrifices, incense, 
is an abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, and the calling of assemblies, I cannot endure these iniquities, the sacred meetings, your new moons, and your appointed feast. My soul hates. They are a trouble to me. I am weary in bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now let me just explain this just a little bit because this is Israel. Israel is going through all these motions. They, in other words, they were living a life of sin, but they were still going through the traditions of their prayers, the fastings, and all these things that they were doing. They were keeping the feast. All these things were happening. But they wasn't changing the way they was living. See, and a lot of times the reason we don't have what God wants us to have is because we're not willing to change the way that we live. We're not willing to allow our lives to be altered in order for God to bring what He's wanting to bring to us. But God wants us to repent. Hmm? And if you go to 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 7, 4, 7 13. I want you to see this. He says, when I, shut, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. How many of you want to see that? Solomon knew that all the sins that was going to come, all the things that the, that the people of Israel would do, he knew that there had probably come a time that they would turn away from God. And he, he went through this whole prayer where he prayed prayers for people that when they come to that point in their life that they would be able to pray to God and he was asking God to forgive them of their sins. If we want God to do the things that we that we wanting to see done in our lives, we must repent. Number one, we must repent. Repent is not asking for forgiveness. Somebody says, "Well, if you just ask for forgiveness." No, that has Listen, forgiveness is not repenting. Repenting is when you repent. When you repent, you turn. 
You change. There's a shift in your life. You don't walk the same way that you used to walk. You don't talk the same way that you used to talk. There's change that takes place. And in order to do that, and when we do that, that's when God looks on us and begins to say, listen, they are meaning business and I'm going to answer them. When we cry out to him and we, we call out to him, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, that means we must be humble. Don't go before God proud, but humble ourselves before him, knowing that without him, we can't do this. But with him... We can do all things. Amen. Let's all stand. I want everyone who will to come around these altars because I want us to spend just time. One of the things that, I, that I've seen in this is that God wants us to repent. Ezra, before, before Ezra came back to Jerusalem, he repented for his forefathers. He repented for himself. How many of you know that we as a nation are not what God brought us here to be? We can blame this on this and that. See, because I'm... I'm fully persuaded that we don't have a race problem. We have a spirit problem. Because if we get our spirits right, we won't have no problem with race because I don't believe there is but one race, and that's the human race. And when we have the Spirit of God in us, you're going to love everybody. You're going to love them all. And we just need a spiritual overhaul to allow the Spirit of God to come in us. We need people, we need Pentecostal people who are going to get filled with the Spirit. And have the power and the anointing of God and stop trying to take shortcuts. Stop trying to figure out how, how close to the world we can live and still, still live our lives and, and, and maybe not get in sin, but live right on the border of sin. Because God's not called us to see how close to sin we can get, but how close to Him we can get. Because you're not going to get closer to God by getting close to the world. I don't think that we ought to look like the world. I think we ought to look like Christ and look like the likeness of Him and walk in power and walk in might so that when we find people that are laying in a deathbed that we can speak to life to them and get them up out of that mess that they're in. People who are in addictions, we can speak life to them and speak healing to them and see them come out of that addiction. But we have to do it through repentance. And we have to allow God to change us. Don't tell me that Christ is living in your life and your life is not altered. Because your life will be altered. It's going to change. 
You're going to walk different. You're going to talk different. You're going to love different. You're going to have compassion for people. Things are going to happen. Father, I thank you and I praise you right now. If you're in this room this morning, you want to take time. You want to just come out and pour your heart out to the Lord. Come down. Just, I think every one of us need, every one of us have room for repentance in our life. Every one of us have room for improvement. Hallelujah. I want to say this. There's somebody in this room today. And I want to speak to you. The Lord says, don't give up on your marriage. Don't you give up. Don't you quit. Don't you stop. The enemies come in with everything that he could do to try to destroy everything that you've built. That he's tried to build in your life. But don't you allow the enemy to destroy. If that's you, I want you to come up. I want you, and we want to pray for you. Yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, for your spirit. I thank you, Lord God, for your anointing. Yes, Lord Jesus. I praise you right now, Lord God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the release of your Holy Spirit. Yes, Father, I thank you, Lord God. Father, everything that the enemy's tried to do to bring destruction, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, for the power and the might of your Spirit. Lord God. I pray right now, Lord God, Hallelujah. For every assignment to be broken in the name of Jesus. We praise you right now, Lord God. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You had a plan. Hallelujah. You 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, right now, Lord Jesus, Father, I'm asking you, Lord God, that during this time as we fast and pray before you, Lord God, I'm asking you, Lord God, Father, we, we repent, we repent of any sin, Lord God, that we have in our life, known or unknown, Lord God. We lay it aside, Lord Jesus, and we ask you, Lord God, to visit your people once again, Lord God. Visit us, Lord God, with the power and the might of your spirit, Lord Jesus, that you've designed for this house, Lord God. Father God, help us to be the, the church that you've designed us to be, Lord God. Father God, a regional church, Lord God, with the power and the demonstration of your spirit moving and operating in and throughout our lives, Lord God. And Father, I praise you right now, Lord Jesus. We're asking you, Lord God, Father God, that you do supernatural things in and through the people here, Lord God. I'm asking you, Lord God, to heal people in their bodies. I'm asking you to move in a special way, Lord God. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, Father God, to, to draw the sinners in, Lord God. For those who are fighting addiction, Lord God, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you break that addiction off of their lives. We give you praise and glory for it, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Father. Yes, Lord Jesus. You have been And you will see 
You know when I rise and when I fall, when I come or go, you see. 